Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Mistorians and new Mistorians, welcome to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, a nerdy history podcast hosted by your hosts, host Brenda. And host Austin. I'm host Austin, and that was host Brenda. You might be like, <laughs> oh, so this is Austin, but I'm Austin. And then the other voice you heard was Brenda. Just so you know, that's like one of the, there's like a few continuity things, and that's one of them is knowing which one of us is which. Um, I won't be offended if you think I'm Brenda, though. I will take it as a compliment. <laughs> Aw, thank you. So you might be wondering, is this a new podcast or is this an old podcast? The answer is yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The answer is correct. You Mm -hmm. did it. Gold star, 100%. We do have a backlog of many episodes for you to enjoy that are formatted with our previous format. They're still incredibly good episodes, if I do say so myself. So definitely check those out if there's one that strikes your fancy. But this is also a new era for the old Mistorians and all of us. We are on a new network! I'm so fucking excited. This is our first episode of Maximum Fun. Which is wild. (laughs) Wild. Wild. We took a year off worked behind the scenes for a long time we've been working to make this podcast better stronger faster the other thing that daft punk said (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna do like a robocop thing and i was like do i have not have i not seen robocop i thought i'd seen robocop (laughs) we can rebuild this podcast (laughs) (laughs) that was yeah i was like oh we're gonna do a robocop this isn't robocop which one is this this is uh this this is uh no it's not it's not captain marvel this is uh (laughs) Oh, Daft Punk! That makes more sense. (laughs) I am host Brenda. I'm one half of this podcast. I'm a graphic designer. I'm a fiber artist. I'm a former local celebrity in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I also do short form video essays on YouTube. Some of my special interests include obscure theme park history, retail history, and 90s millennial nostalgia. You can't see, but I'm doing like poses every time I say something to emphasize it. That is so perfect for this audio medium. And I mean that sincerely, <laughs> not 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 in a jokey manner, because you can feel it in your voice. Yes, it's called acting. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hi, everyone. I'm host Austin. I am an award-winning game designer, performer, and friend. So when I'm not doing this show, I write for a lot of games. I play a lot of games, and I play a lot of games. I said play twice. (laughs) I do play that many games. It's because sometimes I play for fun, and then sometimes I play for work. And those are two... It's like play capital P, like play TM, pay me. And then play (laughs) lower P... Uh, don't pay me. I'm having fun. Also, don't watch you play it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> typically, I'm playing games. That's what you need to know about me. Is it's all games all the time. You'd be shocked to know my special interests, though, are uh, not games. It is actually King of the Hill, 
and 90s millennial <laughs> nostalgia, but it's like one degree separate from Brenda's, and sometimes the Venn diagrams hit. Yeah, it's like, you you know a lot about, like, Teenage Mutant Needle, te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got there, Tim. Te- te- teenage Needle Teetles. <laughs> I know we this show happened because I know so much about Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was the catalyst for the beginning of it, all of this. Yeah, we that's... were at a friend's um, goodbye party. They were moving, and we were at a bar, and we were drunk because they pour way too strong at this bar. Way too strong. Oh and my god! I don't know how strong yeah. they pour now, but back in the day, whoo. <laughs> We were just hanging out. There was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade machine there. We're like hanging on it like we're dying. And Austin's <laughs> just like, hey, you want to see you how know? hard I can talk about Ninja Turtles? Yeah, did you know? And I was like, as many drunk people have done throughout the course of history, oh my God, we should start a podcast. <laughs> and then we got locked in our house for a year and we did it. <laughs> we did it. All it took was us getting locked in our house, how, separate houses. We live we across not, the state not, from each other. We do not other. have a house together yet. No. I'm manifesting a <laughs> podcast house. That would be perfect. It's like two houses that are connected by a tunnel that leads to the <laughs> one, office space yeah, it's in between. one studio between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like state of the art podcast. You know, it's like you, we we could dream state of the art podcasting microphones and like someone sitting there doing the levels for us. You know, and not Brenda texting me, Austin, <laughs> back off your mic, Austin, turn your mic down. <laughs> Austin, please stop hitting the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's us, and I hope you'll have as good of a time listening as we do making this show. Mm-hmm. This show is a lot of fun to produce. Really excited to hang out with you guys um, in a non-parasocial way. <laughs> and yeah, so that's going to lead us into our news segment. Learning. News. The news this week is free Pikachu promotional Pokemon card pulled from the Van Gogh Museum amid safety concerns. <laughs> what? Pokemon fans cannot stop being stinky they they cannot help it i don't know if any if you've dear listener dear historian if you remember when the booster pack uh crisis was happening in the u.s um but pokemon fans like i need you to be better i'm a pokemon fan but i don't touch the cards because of this nonsense yeah it's like it's so not that serious but please tell me what happened Yes, so the Van Gogh Museum is in An- Amsterdam. Mm. Um, they're doing a collaboration with the Pokemon Company, where they have like various Pokemon Van Gogh collab, like mashup paintings mm-hmm. scattered around the museum. There's a scavenger hunt for kids, and then with the price of admission, they were also giving away a promotional Pikachu card with Pikachu in the style of Van Gogh's self-portrait. With the, it's called Pikachu in a felt gray hat. That's that's actually horrifyingly sad. But uh, continue. I know. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Van Gogh is a very sad man. That's a very sad painting. But please continue. Yeah, it's a very sad painting. Pikachu is smiling. So <laughs> make of that what you will. But anyway, so there's like you know 
throughout the course of like all of Pokemon history, there have been promotional cards given away at events, mm-hmm. you know, starting back to when they released like the ancient Mew card, with, oh, yeah. like the first movie, yeah. you know, so it, it's, it's always been a part of Pokemon, but yeah. unfortunately we might be seeing that come to an end because when the exhibit opened in September, the museum was flooded with rude scalpers who were trying to get their hands on all of like the collaboration merch from the gift shop and on that promotional card Mm. it was to a point where the security was like really concerned for people's safety like there were too many people in the building Mm -hmm. everyone was pushing and shoving it was like you know really Mm -hmm. nasty nasty event which is Um, wild like this this museum i can't trust is in no way equipped to deal with that sort of behavior no at all they're like that's that is like you need to leave and never come back here like i'm I'm pretty sure if you sneeze on a painting they're like you gotta go yeah it, it's not a very big museum and i think maybe they thought that this wouldn't happen outside of the u.s because it that's doesn't fair. really happen in japan quite as much yeah like with the scalpers and the resellers yeah but apparently not so do you, do you all think, of the yeah sorry do you think people traveled there to scalp? Do you think someone like oh, they, got a fucking plane to. ticket and they were like, no one's going to be there from the U.S.? Do you think that yeah. happened? <laughs> oh, they had to have. Like, there's no way. I, I don't know if like um, Pokemon card like scalping is like a big issue in the U.K., but think about it. It's not that far. So mm-hmm. it's like if they have that issue there, it's not, it's just a hop, skip and a jump on over yeah. to that museum. So, yeah. I mean, especially yeah, was, if those people are thinking yeah. like. They go buy like all of the T-shirts and get this promotional card. They're like, "That's gonna cover my travel at the least." Like mm-hmm. for how much they're gonna sell it for. And what's also sad is that like you know these scalpers bought up all the merchandise in the gift shop, and this resulted in the Pokemon Center website, which is like you know like a there's multiple Pokemon Center websites mm-hmm. for like the whole world, so it's like an international way for people to get these goods. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything left, so they can't mm-hmm. had to cancel the distribution distribution of those items that day uh, last minute and so this is all culminated in the van gogh museum announcing that they are not going to be giving out the pikachu card anymore it's too much of a safety risk Mm -hmm. they're just not going to do it they said that Mm -hmm. they're going to um have a card available for purchase at certain stores around amsterdam and then Mm -hmm. also pokemoncenter.com will be getting some of them as well for people Mm -hmm. to buy but they are not giving it out it was free with like the price of admission to the museum and unfortunately they have said very firmly that they will not reinstate that free giveaway i mean that's that really sucks because again pokemon's for kids like it's cool it's it's fine like i love pokemon i'm an adult but pokemon makes it so clear that it is like a children's ip and not like Mm -hmm. an all ages ip and that the thing they make are for kids and if you also like it that's cool but they don't make like even they don't even like push into like teenage stuff like they make things for kids exactly and i saw an article that like all around the world the price of trading cards is going up because of the higher demand by collectors Mm -hmm. and because of that it's pricing kids out of being able to play this game and collect the cards themselves and that's really sad because like pokemon like the trading card game is like really accessible it's like a great entry um card game Mm -hmm. for children to learn how to play card games so like eventually if they wanted they could play Yu-Gi-Oh or magic or Mm. um another third thing lorcana (laughs) yeah Lorcana. I think I play, Lorcana's- I play games. It's me. I'm the it's I'm Yu-Gi-Oh, the king of games. It's me. <laughs> 
So yeah, unfortunately, that's the story of the Van Gogh Museum discontinuing the Pikachu promo card. Almost as tragic as his life. Exactly. But that's not what we're... (laughs) That's not what we're talking that's not, about. Today. That's not what we're talking about today. We we will be talking about something that is for kids, but is not as tragic, maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> but we're going to do that after this break. What is up, people of the world? Do you have an argument that you keep having with your friends and you just can't seem to settle it? And you're sitting there arguing about whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars, or you can't decide what is the best nut, or can't agree on what is the best cheese. Stop doing that. Listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal, only on Max Fun. Your topics asked and answered objectively, definitively, for all time. So don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. Today's mystery is, why did Brad's style suddenly disappear from the store shelves? Fashion for fashion, fashion for fashion, fashion for fashion, I feel like we can all remember when Brad's started, and remember when Brad's were big, and then suddenly Brad's, like, got Thanos snapped, and then suddenly they were back. (laughs) And let me tell you, this is quite the tale. Let's go back to 2001. Barbie, the brand, the like, the doll, was on a bit of a decline. It only made $1.5 billion that year, which I ended the year before you say that's a lot of money. It is, but that's a 3% drop in the year before. And the year in 2000, it had like a 5% drop. So like sales have been down. But also in 2001, there are four new queens coming for Barbie's crown. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you think I was going to say, Brenda? What did you think I was going to say, Brenda? Oh, you know what I you know what you know what I was I legitimately thought you were going to say in 2001 something else happened. Yeah, 9/11. I <laughs> Austin, I've been on like um a couple of podcasts in the last <laughs> last couple months and i think 9-11 has come up in every single well it actually doesn't come up in this one at all until you brought it up maybe it's you maybe is this how i deal with the trauma (laughs) (laughs) it was uh anyway the four queens who came for barbie's crown are yasmin jade sasha and chloe which are the four original brat style uh yasmin was latina Jade is Asian, Sasha is black, and Chloe is the token white friend. Um, <laughs> so already we have a lot more diversity than Barbie and way, um, her friends. Way, way more. Way more. It's Barbie. It's her brunette friend, Teresa. Um, the name of Barbie's black friend is Escape. What is her name? Christy? Oh, no. I, do- oh, I actually don't know. Yeah, right? What is her name? I didn't know Teresa's name. I don't know. I know more about brats and Barbies, obviously, but... I know Teresa's name because I'm brunette, so I was like, well, this was close enough to me. Well, there you go. <laughs> I can pretend she's Latina. <laughs> <laughs> a quick overview for people who don't know what the brat styles are. Brat styles are a line of fashion dolls, which is also what Barbie is. Barbie's technically a fashion doll, which is like... The point of the doll, the way you quote-unquote play with it, is like, you get the doll, and then you buy a lot of accessories and clothes, and you dress it up. And then you 
play pretend or whatever else you're going to do with the doll, but like the intention is like you get the doll to get accessories for it, which is an ingenious marketing ploy. Honestly, (laughs) you you just can't beat it. Action figures could never, could never, never. You, your parents get you, they, this company convinces your parents to get you a single doll and they're like, you fool, you absolute buffoon, you fool. We have you for the next (laughs) 10 years now. You need the house. You need the plane. You need the horse. You need the car. You need the other horse. The dog. <laughs> we released a new line of clothes. You got to get them a prom dress. Holiday. Exactly. It's just like never ending. Oh, this set of clothes you can only get by buying a new doll. Perfect. Perfect ploy. In- ingenious plan. Brats were created by Carter Bryant. Remember that name. And owned by MG Entertainment. Maybe. MJ Entertainment, the CEO is Isaac Loranian. Originally, he wasn't sure about even making Bratz dolls. He, he, like when Carter Bryant first brought the sketches to him in 1998 or 1999, and he originally was like, the, he didn't think they looked cute. He thought they looked weird. Because Bratz, for, again, if you've never seen a Bratz doll, they are, they're shorter than Barbie. They're like 10 inches and Barbie's like 12 or something. Like Barbie's tall. Mm-hmm. So brats are like 10 inches tall, so they're shorter than like the typical fashion doll right now, which is Barbie. That's what everyone gets. Uh, they have big heads compared to their bodies. They have like a little body, a big head. They have really over-exaggerated eyes, and uh, they have big lips. They have like full lips, big eyes. They usually have like exaggerated makeup on like the face. So they look like, they can look a little alien. So he wasn't sure about that. The only reason he ended up agreeing to make the doll, the only reason he told Garter Bryant, sure, we'll do it. Is because that day, as these stories want to go, I feel like we always, there's always this story of like, their kid happened to be around. I don't know if his kids were there that day. Maybe he took it home. I don't know. (laughs) He says his daughter was right in the room, which makes for a good story. Showed his daughter the sketch. Isaac Loranian is a lot of things. And one thing I can tell after doing so much research is he really does care about kids and kids' toys, like quite a bit. And he showed the sketch to his daughter because he was like, ultimately, this isn't for me. It's for little, like, in his opinion, it's for quote unquote little girls. Mm-hmm. We will leave the discussion for gender for a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just stay with me, everybody. So when he handed it to her and he said he saw a sparkle in her eye before she looked up at him and said that the dolls look kind of cute. And he said that was enough for him. And he told Carter Bryant that they'll do it because he's like, if she sees something here, I don't, then I don't need to know. Also important to remember, before Bratz, before MGA makes Bratz, they are an extremely small company. They are a small private company. They are not publicly traded. They are so small that Isaac himself still makes the sales calls. Oh my god. <laughs> so he 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 personally calls the businesses, and this is important to remember. The very first time Bratz even tried to launch, Isaac himself had to negotiate with Toys R Us because Toys R Us canceled their Bratz order. Oh, jeez. They, they like, sent out the first shipments. They, like, they did some trade shows. The trade shows went okay. They had, like, some prototype dolls where they had to, like, tape the hair to the doll, which is also important to remember. They had a hard time getting doll hair. The prototypes were, like, very rough, is what he said. I couldn't find any pictures of prototypes, which makes sense. Most of those toy shows, the prototyping, like, is very, very, very heavily guarded. It is very much like a... You get invited to this company's, like, private showing for their prototypes. You sign a bunch of paperwork. If anyone was talking about it, it would have to be the company themselves. So all I know is what, like, Isaac Loranian has talked about himself. He said they were rough and that they had the tape hair to the doll. But, you know, he got people to agree to, because it's toys. And again, like, kids buy toys. 
Toys R Us, yeah. Toys R Us in 2001, like, they're like, I have money to, I have money to, like, wipe the sweat off my brow. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we are awash with cash. Nothing could ever d- dethrone us. <laughs> Nothing will ever end this era of prosperity for us, Toys R Us. Jeffrey will live on forever. So they do their first order and they end up canceling future orders and wanting to send what they ordered back because they have returnability. Because the sales are so bad. So Lorenian got on the phone, convinced them to not do that. And then he took out more. He took out personal loans, which is horrifying. (laughs) Yeah. He took out personal loans to buy more ad space for the dolls. And by his report, by Christmas of that year, the dolls had taken off. I say by his report a lot because finding toys sale data is actually very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things, companies don't want you to know if they're doing bad. They only want you to know if they're doing good. So when they're doing good, <laughs> they'll tell you. And when they're doing bad, you, you can't find them talking about how that year went. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. If they're publicly traded, it's easier. But MGA was a private company at this point. I think still is a private company. Um, yeah, they're still a private company. So like they, I, we only know what they want to tell us. Some someone like Mattel, like uh, who owns Barbie, like you can look up a lot of their data because they're publicly traded. So a lot of this stuff they have to report. But MGA doesn't. So we just have like data from years that either they reported or data from years that like an analyst was able to get a hold of like their sales records for some reason. Otherwise, it's pretty like what we got is what we got. The reason I mention this is because we're going to jump four years into the future. By 2005, Brad's dolls are amassing close to $2 billion globally. And by 2006, they were 40% of the fashion doll market. They are gunning for Barbie. Barbie's holding on at 60%, but they are on her heels. They're on her heels so much. In the UK and Australia, they had taken the crown. They were the highest selling fashion doll. (laughs) Uh, Barbie is only, in terms of like large toy markets barbie's outselling them still in the u.s and then in china other countries just don't keep toy sales data in the way that i needed for this podcast to find out more yeah so they have taken barbie down in two countries two big countries yeah probably like two of the biggest markets (laughs) and it's very funny because Barbie had fallen dramatically in sale, but if you ask Mattel, they were still doing fine. And actually, <laughs> if you count all the accessories, they're still the top selling fashion doll brand, which again is not what this is about. It's about being the top selling doll. Yes, yeah. Barbie as a brand is probably outselling Bratz, but Barbie at this in Barbie in 2005 is what almost 80 years old. Yeah, and she's got like this like goody two shoes kind of persona yes. to her. She's like like. Mattel's really had to play Barbie safe because there's always people being like, oh, she's like a bad influence for yeah. girls, blah, blah, blah. And it's like missing missing the point. But yeah. so Barbie's always had to play it like really safe to try to like get rid of that perception mm-hmm. or at least like push it aside in order to just keep the market share. So right. around 2005, they'd become too safe. <laughs> they were, it was, it was interesting because it's something you, you see a lot in, uh, in their fight. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a report from ABC News that we'll listen to a little bit where later on in the interview, there's a talk about like, they really tout Barbie as like the family friendly option because rats, for those who weren't around for it, were seen as like, quote unquote, fast. If you don't know what that means, if you weren't around for that lingo, essentially they are like, rats look like sluts because they had big lips, mm-hmm. crop tops, crop tops. They dress quote unquote, skimpy. Because rat cells are meant to be like teenagers. They're meant to be like cool teens. Yeah. Because at this point, Mattel is also like they're on, on record again and on this ABC News Nightly report. They said things like, you know, Barbie is like a mom. So again, Barbie's like safe. She's family friendly. She's like a mom. No offense to moms at all. But when you're a kid, <laughs> mom isn't cool. If you if yeah. you have been a child raised by someone you called mom, you maybe thought your mom was cool. But there is a point where everybody thought their mom wasn't cool whether that was true or not exactly and like just like the era of that they were coming out in, in like the two two thousand, everything was edgy everything yes. like had to be like super cool barbie just was like she had a horse yeah barbie barbie was <laughs> she was she was lame right i feel like mm-hmm. the topic is in barbie but there's like a lot of people recently for many different reasons kind of like refinding barbie for themselves and what she can mean but I feel like a lot of those people come from this time period, the 2000s, where it's like Barbie was lame and Bratz, Bratz were cool. It was also Bratz with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time. What a time. Again, Barbie and Bratz are neck and neck. It's getting heated. This clip is from the ABC News Nightline News Report segment. Bratz versus Barbie. Candy's not going to save Barbie. Barbie's not going to save Barbie. And the leadership that they have at Mattel right now is not going to save Barbie. You sound like a linebacker on a football team. You're like taunting Mattel. It's good. It's, it's good, good for the business. Trash talking in the doll business is good? I'm not trash talking. I'm telling you, I'm talking about the facts. I'm talking, I'm talking about the facts. Oh my God. You sound like a linebacker. Y- yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's Isaac Larian. He is supposedly a very, very nice man. Very relaxed, very down to earth. Unless you talk to him about Mattel and Barbie, and then he turns into that. Then it's over. <laughs> it's over. They were competitors. They Bratz was the first, as far as I could find, in a long line of, of dolls that have been made to really gun for Barbie, and Barbie was like their target. Isaac Lorraine is on record for in many, many interviews over the course of looking through this of like he really saw Bratz as someone who could like disrupt the toy market and shake it up and make it something new because for a long time like mattel had no competition and then they had competition and suddenly it was a problem society likes to hate things that are meant to be for girls let's just say it brats are meant to be for girls so society found reasons to hate it they got a lot of blowback from parenting groups in the 2000s there's one big group that was it was like dads and daughters of america (laughs) <laughs> that wrote like that was that like called for a brat's boycott that was like the biggest one that was like the most notable one i feel like many people in their like mid-20s to like mid-30s have a some have some story of like their parents not allowing brats or like having comments about brat dolls yeah i know i have stories of like my sister my sisters have brat dolls and i have many stories of thing of like my mom making comments about them even though we like got them because they looked like my sisters <laughs> <laughs> But parents had always had something to say, and so did society, and always. so did the American Psychological Association. Uh-oh. The American, the American Psychological Association, the APA, if you will, had, has official statements that the dolls were helping with the sexualization of young girls and teens, 
and was harmful to their psyche, their ego, and their self-esteem. And you might be wondering, what data did they have? Did they have to back this up? The answer is zero. No data. They just said it. They just said, and frankly, the same way they just said it about Barbie, right? They just said it. They're like, this is bad statement. Fact. Aren't you scientists? Shut up. <laughs> that's all it takes to whip um, bored moms into a frenzy. Like, yeah, that's it. And especially think about the time period again, Brenda. Like, it's this is that was in 2006. This that news report also we just heard from 2006. Because this is when brats are becoming like big household names. Because in 2005, they just made two billion dollars. In 2006, they surpassed Barbie and two continents. Like, they're <laughs> becoming a big deal, and now people are noticing them. And when I say people, now white people are noticing them because, <laughs> <laughs> again, like we had brats for years and years before it became like a quote unquote problem because they looked like my sister. So that's what my mom bought. Yeah. But now like other children want brats because all their friends have brats because brats are the popular one. And suddenly there's we got to find all these issues. Also, there was a study and data that was done in 2007 that found that children did not code the brats as sexual or their outfits as sexual or even clock that they were meant to quote unquote meant to be sexual as the as the study words it i don't think brats are meant to be sexual but we'll move on (laughs) that's their terminology not mine but they didn't even clock that and most of them found that they were just like happy to have dolls that look like them yeah and it's like you know they had like their bodies were like a little bit curvier like they had like the Mm -hmm. bigger lips and like Mm -hmm. you know it's (laughs) there's like the inherent sexualization of those features which is like i'm sorry white people that you don't have them (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I don't know I'm what sorry. to tell you. Pick a different struggle. Move I'm like, on. Grow yeah. up. <laughs> it, it just really plays into the like enhanced sexualization of like of like black and brown features, and mm-hmm. the, frankly, a lot of racism happened around brats. In that same ABC Nightly News report, the uh, journalist who's interviewing who's interviewing Isaac Lorraine talks about like you know don't they look kind of like streetwalkers. And I'm like, I'm sorry, on ABC Nightly News, he's, he just, called a group of children's dolls hookers? You can just say that you on TV? You can just say that? Like, <laughs> like, they look like streetwalkers? What's me. What's wrong? And the fact that Isaac didn't throw a doll at him <laughs> yeah. means he's better than me. Because I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? My daughter plays with these dolls. What's wrong with you? They're, What's they're te- wrong they're with li- you, you They're weirdo? literally teenagers. They're literally kids. Yeah. You're the weirdo. Yeah, it's like, it is this, this, the like purity culture of America is absolutely obscene that like Mm -hmm. young girls have to deal with that, right? Because like that, that same person would say that about a real teenager. (laughs) Secret histories of nerd mysteries will be back after these messages. Hey, Sydney, you're a physician and the co-host of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, right? That's true, Justin. Is it true that our medical history podcast is just as good as a visit to your primary care physician? No, Justin, that is absolutely not true. Uh, However, our podcast is funny and interesting and a great way to learn about the medical misdeeds of the past, as well as some current not-so-legit healthcare fads. So you're saying that by listening to our podcast, people will feel better. Sure. And isn't that the same reason that you go to the doctor? Well, uh, you could say that, but... And our podcast is free? Yes, it is free. You heard it here first, folks. Sawbones, Meryl Tour of Misguided Medicine, right here on Maximum Fun. Just as good as going to the doctor. No, no, no. Still not just as good as going to the doctor, but but pretty good. It's up there. Welcome back to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Moving right along, 
Bratz, as I was just talking about, have been a hot button topic since they were since their inception. They surpassed Barbie. They've all this buzz in the news. They're moving and grooving along. And then something very interesting starts to happen. Here's another clip from the ABC Nightline News Report segment. Bratz versus Barbie. The Barbie Bratz battle has moved beyond the Barbie dream house to the courthouse. Round one. Mattel filed a lawsuit alleging that the designer of the Bratz concept came up with the idea when he was working at Mattel. Round two, Isaac Larian sued back, saying that Mattel tried to corner the market on doll hair, and more seriously, that Mattel ripped off the Bratz concept for a new line of Barbie dolls, the Mycene dolls. Um, those sound effects. <laughs> yeah, if you if you watch if you watch the report, they're in like a fake boxing ring. Um, it's a choice, and they like had them fake fight each other. It's quite the oh my choice. God. The news in the two thousands. But another thing, we've got the first mention of the my scene line. I don't know if ABC News is right or if me and the other reporting I've done is right because the first lawsuit is actually. MGA to Mattel for my scene, mm-hmm. but the point still stands. What happens next is the crux of how we figure out what happened to Bratz as a series of lawsuits starts that is not done to this day between Mattel and MGA. Good lord. <laughs> to this day, they are still fighting. The first one is actually, <laughs> as far as I can tell from official court documents, that MGA sued Mattel over the Mycene dolls. Brenda, have you you've seen a Mycene doll? Can you explain to the people how they are clearly looking like a Bratz doll. <laughs> yes. So my scene doll, it was a line of Barbie dolls. So they're the same like 12 inch scale as a Barbie doll. They have like kind of like s- somewhat similar bodies. Um, so they're like taller, but they've got the big lips, bigger eyes, mm. heavy makeup, and more quote unquote trendy clothes to so like crop tops and um, what we today would call streetwear. Here's a my scene commercial from 2005. It's my scene, my Bling. Here, wear my ring. Ooh, sparkly. It's my scene, my bling bling, where sparkle and style is a theme. Fashion to glimmer, face at the shimmer. It's a glittery glamour thing. It's my scene, my bling bling bling. Pretty similar, right? It was a hundred percent Barbie's attempt at being modern and hip and cool. Clearly, it was clear. It was so clear to the point that. You can find, you can find quotes from Mattel workers who say Mycene is meant to be their competitor doll for Bratz. And like every analyst in the 2000s, it was very clear to the point that like, if you remember on Mycene doll boxes, it didn't say Barbie. It just said Mycene all over it. Yeah, they didn't want you to know that they were Barbie, even though like it definitely was a Barbie. <laughs> and NGA says this was in, this was intentional to confuse the market. And that was part of their mm. lawsuit. They're saying they copied the look and copied the vibe of Bratz down to like the way the boxes are built, which is true because Bratz the, on the side was like Bratz. Like it wasn't like boxing like Barbie. It has like a special yeah. boxing and Mycene dolls are boxed in a similar fashion or were. I don't think they still make Mycene. No. And it, it's, it is, <laughs> it was, it was pretty clear to me that that was going on. They also mentioned the thing about the doll hair, which is, which is why I was like, remember the fact they had the tape on doll hair because MGA claims that Mattel used their influence to like corner them out of like getting raw materials to make their dolls. And this is this it looks like a pretty open and shut case for MGA. Again, like 
consumers are confused. Every analyst has already said my scenes are clearly ripping off of Bratz. Like, Bratz should be, you know, have their day in the sun, right? Yeah. Wrong. Remember <laughs> Carter Bryant? <gasps> Mattel claims that Carter Bryant, while working for Mattel Design, Bratz styles. And you're wondering, why is that such a big deal? Mattel makes you sign very scary contracts. Yeah. That include <laughs> anything you create is theirs while you're working there. Oof. So... New lawsuit opens up. Someone was working on Bratz while he was still working for the other company. Oh, no. Carter Bryant says that he came up with the Bratz styles in 1998 while he wasn't working for Mattel. Because he worked on and off for Mattel in 1998. He wasn't working for Mattel. He didn't work for Mattel again in 1999, which is allegedly when like he took the idea to Lorraine. as like a thing he wanted to do when he wasn't at Mattel anymore. But he claimed that he had done it before he worked there. Mm, but he was still currently working for Mattel right. when he did the pitch to the other that company. Is, that is how the story goes. Hmm. For a long time, the origin story of Bratz was changed multiple times. This does not help. This does not help the research. No. Lorenian said, like, the story now he tells is like the one that I told you. Mm-hmm. But you can find stories where, like, he came up with it. You can find stories where, like, it was a random employee. You can find stories where, like, he was drawing with his daughter. And now it is the, like, he got the pitch, he showed it to his daughter, like, that story. Yeah. So, Mattel opens up a countersuit for $500 million. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because of that. It's like, oh, MGA, you poked the bear. Because, like, maybe yeah. they're doing better than Barbie in several markets. Mm-hmm. They're not doing better than Mattel because no. Mattel has other problems. Yeah, Mattel has other stuff. And Mattel is a big, like at this point, a big scary company. Like MGA, again, this is 2006. Like they just made their first $2 billion on a toy. <laughs> yeah, and they really only have, did they have any other lines besides Bratz at this time? No, and before Bratz, they had, oh my God, I'm trying to think. Because they didn't have LOL yet. They didn't. Yeah. Did they have Little Tykes yet? Because I don't know when they got Little Tykes. They didn't start Little Tykes. They did. Yeah, they bought that one. It looks like they bought it in 2006. (laughs) 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 They just just bought a new company. They don't have money to fight Mattel. What are they thinking? Yeah, they bought Little Tykes, which is like, you know, like a fairly large, like, company of, like, preschool goods, like, well-known. It's safe money. They're like, well, we should make money on this indefinitely like mm-hmm. it, this sells itself brian argued the initial scalp sketch sculpt pitch for the first one he made was jade he said mm-hmm. it all happened before he worked for mattel mattel says they have an anonymous letter that they know brian did it and did it while he was working at mattel and actually <laughs> and actually that mga and brian have been doing a huge cover-up oh my god bad news the countersuit works oh no <laughs> In 2008, the jury rules that Bryant had been employed at Mattel and was designing Bratz and had been working there when all this started. Uh-oh. And that MGA and Lorenian, which is wild, that he himself are liable for damages. But again, they claim that he helped cover it all up. Yeah. MGA is ordered to pay Mattel $100 million. $100 million. And they also state that only the original line of Bratz was stolen IP. Like just Yasmin, Jade... Sasha, Chloe, like those four original and the very original line of them, like the original stuff is like stolen IP because since then they've become so much more. Yeah. Because while this is all happening, things I'm not talking about, like other lines, other toys they put out in the Bratz line, the boys line, the new Bratz they make, 
the web series like they're doing a bunch of other stuff still yeah like Bratz was releasing like a show and like a lot of like cartoon movies around this time right. like they're, they're doing a lot of stuff they're doing all the branding stuff you do when you have a big ip that's taking off with kids you're like how can mm-hmm. i get more money from them essentially which is like what you do that's that's yeah. what anyone does Neither here that's toy there. business guys that's that's toy business baby. that's toy business <laughs> <laughs> toys with a z business with a z. toys <laughs> it's 2006 <laughs> so you know not too bad right like that that hurts but yeah the lawsuits aren't done oh it continues <laughs> in 2008 a u.s district judge in the ninth uh district circuit court awards mattel something they have been hunting for a permanent injunction against mga and brad cells <sighs> you don't know what injunction means it means to stop they essentially tell mga no, you can't make any more Brad Styles, and Stop you can't sell any more Brad Styles. Oh my god! Uh, you have until the end of the holiday season to recoup any losses you will have, pay your employees, and stop making Brad Styles. Good lord! <laughs> Rough, right? This whole time, Brad is still climbing in analyst sales, as far as analysts can tell, and Barbie's still falling. Barbie's now falling fifteen percent from when we first talked about her in two thousand and one. I guess, um, what was the line? My scene didn't quite work my, my, out. <laughs> my scene didn't work out the way they thought it would. Oopsie. But they're like, who cares? We got brats. Lorraine like, pleased with the judge. She talks about, like, you know, they're a small company. They had, like, at this point, like, only 1,200 employees or something. Which is very, very, very small for the amount of sales they're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, we stopped, they stopped making the original line. They didn't make the original dolls anymore. Because he was like, you got the molds. You just keep making them. Yeah, uh, they didn't they didn't make the original line anymore, which was what was decided on earlier. And please wait for the appeal process to be done before making this decision because you can appeal. And he's like, don't make me pull my toys if I appeal and win. In 2009, a full year after the first decision, a judge reverses it and says, like, you may still the same production until all appeal processes have been exhausted. Also, this judge says that the previous judge was too quick to give full rights of Bratz to Mattel, and that would also be overturned. Wow. Yeah. Uh, whew! <laughs> this is very cutthroat. <laughs> this, listen to me here. Biz- nobody talks like they're going to kill someone more than business people in the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> yeah. You talk about, like, the fucking console wars, Mattel versus MGA, like, these, you would think these people are going to war. Bratzel's halt they pause for a bit, and then they're fine. Uh, and they get, they're get they able to go back in production. In 2010, you can breathe a sigh of relief, and this all gets solved. Phew! A Ninth Circuit judge rules that Mattel has full ownership of the Bratz lines, all its spinoffs, including any other toy lines, movies, animated works. But later that year, it's overturned. Oh my god! <laughs> and ownership goes back to MGA and Lorenian. I cannot imagine having to be someone living through this. Like, you know, you work for MGA. Pulling your and hair it's, out. Yeah, it's just like, we won. No, actually, we lost all rights. Um, everyone's fired. Never mind, we won. <laughs> like We won. We all get bonuses. <laughs> What's that TikTok sound? Like, I'm alive. I'm dead. I'm alive. I'm dead. I'm watching TV. I'm looking at you. Fuck you. Okay, so Austin, I have found... Mm a list of some doll lines that were released by MGA during the years when they could not release Bratz. Oh God, please tell me. Okay. So it starts out in 2007 with a collection called the Storytime princess dolls. 
Okay. Okay, so this was a line of dolls um, that were based on public domain fairy tales. So they had like Little Mermaid, <laughs> Princess and the Pea, that you know. Like... No, that's so, that is aggressively funny because like it just, it's one of those things where it's like, they put out a Little Mermaid down. They're like, but not not legally Disney's Little Mermaid. It's, uh, I saw a picture of this doll. This doll is like so far removed from like, like she has. Do not come she, for me, Mickey Mouse. I'm yeah. already fighting Barbie. She has red hair, but it's a natural red, and her dress is like olive green earth tones. <laughs> so it's like. Her face sculpt is, like, great. She has, like, kind of, like, larger eyes, not as big mm-hmm. as Bratz, but, like, still, like, kind of larger, mm-hmm. um, larger than Disney princess eyes. <laughs> Don't, do not come for me, Mickey Mouse. I'm already exactly. fighting Barbie. But the cool thing about these is that they came with, like, a storybook that oh. told, like, the public domain version of their stories. <laughs> that's kind of so cool. You, yeah, it's like, okay, that's cute. And they did feature, like, some princesses that weren't um, released, like, you know, weren't Disney princesses. So, yeah. like, uh, Swan Princess, oh, Princess yeah. and the Pea, you know, like, those kinds. So, mm-hmm. but they also had Snow White, Cinderella. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> can't, you can't really get away from that. But <laughs> so that was the all. first time. Yeah, I couldn't find out when this line ended, but um, sometime. <laughs> You stop. I mean, it's so fascinating because again, they're uh, they're a private company, so a lot of things just kind of like disappear, and you mm-hmm. don't really know why, and they don't really have to tell you. Uh, the next one in two thousand eight, uh, they did a line of America's Next Top Model dolls. No, like the show. Yes. No. Uh, finding info, like there was no info about these. Like they, like <laughs> another doll. It existed, all right. I've seen pictures, but. Okay. <laughs> I had no information. Wow. They weren't successful. They exploded. They didn't. It turns out maybe that's not what people wanted. <laughs> well, especially, I mean, like, you think about the demographic they're working in. It's like, who, who, who do you think of one on America's Next Top Model doll? Yeah. We're like, okay, so like fashion dolls, like a lot of them were like eight years old yeah is that the age yeah eight years old they're not watching america's next time I, I fucking hope not <laughs> yeah. adults shouldn't have been watching america's next no <laughs> and nowadays we have like a very prominent like doll collector and there's dolls that mm. are made for doll collectors more commonly mm. but like back in 2008 the, it, they existed but they were like very quiet you they're know very quiet and they were still like the dolls are collecting frankly are like probably barbie dolls and like the yeah the random like special release from like something that like they make one dolly or you know like i don't know but they're collecting barber dolls they're collecting like big old ball joint dolls they're not collecting like mm-hmm. mga's america's next top model doll like may- no. maybe maybe there's someone who did but not not likely so the next uh the next thing that uh mga tried was in 2009 they came mm-hmm. out with moxie girls also with a Z. I remember this one. Yes. So this one was like definitely their like most aggressive attempt to be like, this is the replacement of Bratz. This is and <laughs> we have like, Bratz at home. <laughs> yeah, this is we have Bratz at home. Um, the head of this line actually at one point said that this like described this line as being more creatively driven and sweeter. Sweeter. Uh, yeah, I'm like, what does that mean? What does they that mean? S- 
they had smaller like features like you know smaller eyes like mm. they had like less like defined proportions mm-hmm. so it's like hmm I, okay. they meant whiter okay yes if you look at the pictures of these that's exactly what they meant so uh, this line is like pretty successful there were actually some brats accessories and mm-hmm. like fashion designs that they had in the pipeline that they refitted to be moxie girls releases Mm. because they couldn't release like brats and they say like hey we didn't mean to like replace brats this is just you know it's good to have more than one line of dolls at once Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. definitely was we can't release brats and we need to do something about it which i get but the idea of like making something sweeter and it being Mm -hmm. it it clearly being like oh it's whiter like don't worry they're not so loud and uh they don't look like that you know which is like for all you can say, like, they defend the brats a lot in the public eye because they have all these lawsuits going on. But, like, even the company itself is not, uh, what's I'm looking for? They are not invulnerable to the racism that brats experienced and then exhibiting in themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. I- Isaac wasn't the best dude either. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like he has been accused of saying some things, which is a completely different topic. Yes. Uh, but... We, we're we aware he's not squeaky clean. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, we only have so much time to talk to you lovely people, and there's so many yes. things connected to the brats, but there is a lot going on with these dolls outside of all the lawsuits and outside of, like, people, outside of the external racism they're getting from, like, the news and the press and from your parent at the time. Obviously, there's also some internal stuff, because they had to make a doll that mm-hmm. was sweeter, if you want us to explain this whole situation, cash at me $1,000 and I will go to a corn maze and explain the entire thing while I also simultaneously try to find my way out of the corn maze. <laughs> we're going to we're going to get people DMing us like what's your cash app? I'm so serious and I'll be like let's listen, show me the show me the bank balance first and then I'll know. Honestly, yeah, show me the bank balance. I'll give you my cash app. I'm not I I do need the money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do it. It's corn maze season. It's corn maze season, baby. <laughs> so the last, uh, so Moxie Girls was discontinued in 2015. Okay. Which is around when Bratz started coming back. Right. Spoilers, but yeah, they do come back. Yeah. We're getting there, everybody. <laughs> We're getting there. So 2012 is going to be the last one. These were the Novi stars. And this is a line of uh, fashion dolls who were aliens that came down to earth to, because they really liked earthlings. <laughs> is it 2012? Yeah. Is that, oh, I'm trying to think of a monster, not monster, monster high. No, not monster high. That's a game. Uh, <laughs> no, monster high is the, the is line it the of dolls. dolls. Okay. Okay. Yes. It's also, it's also yeah, a right. game. <laughs> oh yes. Monster I'm trying high. To think if that's what the monster dolls. high started releasing was around 2012. Let's see. Let me look that up real quick. Because that would also be extra hilarious. You said it was 2012? No, Monster High was 2010. Yeah, okay. So that's that's kind of what I thought. So yeah. it could have been like in response to Monster High. Because mm-hmm. what Monster High did, which is it's a Mattel property, so they're arch nemesis. Yeah. What Monster High did was that they had like ball joint dolls, so like high quality for collectors. Um, Mm. really intricate fashions and then also because like you know the the concept is that these are the children of like famous monsters right they were able to do like really cool things with like uh clear clear legs with bones inside Mm. and ears and hair and like just like really interesting stuff so it feels like maybe novi stars was 
a response to that because Novi Stars also had like really interesting skin colors with glitter, like, mm. um, you know, interesting, like, kind of like, you know, tentacle appendages mm-hmm. or like very large eyes that had like glitter in them and, mm-hmm. you know, just really interesting mater- use of materials. So, it could have been a response to that. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Monster High was, like, very... I think it still is pretty popular, but when it launched, yeah. it was, like, people were into it. People were cosplaying these dolls mm-hmm. long before they had, like, any sort of media. Because eventually they get media. But like, people were cosplaying yeah. Monster High dolls, like, that year at Comic-Cons. Yeah, well, it's, like, the thing with Monster High is, like, I feel as though that was, like, a really big shift into the adult collector market becoming mainstream because mm-hmm. we were both in college did you know someone who collected them in college i i had like a friend of a friend mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it's like i didn't know someone like super close but like i knew people who you know really liked them it was like making clothes for them and mm-hmm. i think that was really when you started to see the fashion doll adult collector kind of market emerge mm-hmm. and i know like these novi stars are like popular amongst that crowd because of you know they're they're rare because they weren't released very long and they have like the very intricate body types and um interesting use of materials so yeah that's something i didn't really think to look into so thank you this is why you have a co-host everybody that you know and love (laughs) who's helping you hold it down taking us back to where brats are at so brats have been like halted like the original line they no one like you hadn't seen brats in 2010 this we go back to like actual toy stuff they had been they returned for their teen anniversary because it's been 10 years almost because like 2001 like the way the way most anniversaries work for companies they celebrate for like three years so make sure everybody mm-hmm. gets it yeah they re-released them they had new makeup and bodies i, I wonder why <laughs> um <laughs> which resembled the original dolls but was not exact replicas i wonder why <laughs> if you're wondering why your brad style looks slightly different when you got one in the 2010s when you were like in high school or college lots of lawsuits <laughs> is why and they're probably planning for if we could sue it again you're like no see this one's different her blouse is blue <laughs> see she's leaning to the other side in a, in like a cocky pose not to the right like she used to be <laughs> legally distinct legally distinct he shouts <laughs> The Chief Justice of the Appeals Court, Justice Alex Kaczynski, had this to say. Little girls buy fashion dolls with idealized proportions, which means slightly larger heads, eyes, and lips. He goes on to say that essentially, like, you can't own the idea of a fashion doll, Mattel. You can't claim that, like, they stole this idea from you because it looks like a fashion doll. Of course it looks like a fashion doll. This is how you, like, you, Mattel, had decided fashion dolls look like this. You can't own that. It's like Barbie was the first fashion, like really popular fashion doll aimed for girls. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of others now. Like there've been yeah. other lines, and especially right now, I feel like there's quite a few different lines to choose yeah. from, which is great. But like Barbie, you don't you don't get to be top top dog forever. You can't say I'm top dog, by which I mean I'll make sure no one else exists. I will kill any um, <laughs> any competition, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be top dog, no matter what it takes, cock shotgun. And so, the issue is resolved. Brad and Mattel stopped fighting until 2011. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next year, Austin! That's the next year. I've, I don't know if you've noticed, about since, like, 2008, these two have been in court every year. It's nonstop. There's just literally people at both of these companies who just handle this court case. That's it. That's all they do. That has to be their only job. Their only job is dealing with this. 
They're back in court, not only fighting for, like, who owns Bratz, again, the past decision was made without prejudice. So that means, like, you can try again. So they're both in court about who owns Bratz, and they're both claiming the other stealing trade secrets. <laughs> now there's trade secrets in here. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? And the court documents just say trade secrets a bunch of times. I'm like, what does that fucking mean? What does that mean? What do you mean? <laughs> the intricate fibers of their hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what does that mean? How you pitch stuff? Anyway, this is shorter-lived. MGA wins. Mattel is ordered to pay $310 million in legal fees. Trade secrets being stole. And a list of false claims that they had made. This was all undoing the 2008 decision. So the 2008 decision that said, like, they owned it and that Bryant had worked for them. A jury essentially says, like, you've been lying this whole time. We don't believe you. Oh, no. A huge chunk of that's thrown out a few years later in 2013. That essentially says, like, uh, the procedure of the 2011 case wasn't done right. So they take out a big chunk of the money they were awarded, but still say, like, Mattel did, like, cost you a lot of legal fees and also did make some false claims, but you don't get that much money for it. <laughs> and you might be thinking it's done. You you want you want to say that to yourself. I know You the better. listener, you, you, you know so much better. You've been here long enough. In 2014, the final lawsuit is open. This lawsuit is still active. To oh this day, geez. this lawsuit has not been resolved. And I don't know if it's because the Ninth Circuit Court, which is where these two are located for court cases. I don't know if the Ninth Circuit Court's sick of seeing them or just has like more <laughs> important fish to fry. There's other things happening. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Lorraine, I can't fucking see your face in here every six months talking about <laughs> Barbie set the world on fire. I don't care anymore. <laughs> they open up a final lawsuit. For a whole litany of reasons that essentially amounts to Mattel is a liar, a thief, a scoundrel, and that they spy on the competition and especially smaller companies. And he wants to stop them. He's like, they fight unfairly. He he claims that he has proof and evidence enough to prove that they sneak into trade shows, that they sneak into secret meetings, that they sneak into like protected spaces that like competitors have from each other, as any company would, mm -hmm. right? To, as like in their meetings that they sneak in steal their plans and take them back to Mattel and the Mattel just does it first because they have more capital than most of their competition like the only one who could really step to them is like Hasbro but Hasbro's not in the same market mm -mm. Hasbro doesn't do fashion dolls no doesn't well, not matter quite as much they do some but yeah it has, so it's like a, it's like this thing where like Lorrainian is saying like they stop smaller companies from getting bigger he's mm -hmm. also on record as saying like the toy industry especially the doll industry doesn't have enough small and mid-sized companies he's like it shouldn't just be like big companies like himself or mattel he sees himself as a big company uh which is fair because in 2019 that's the only data i could find remember again only private company shares data when it's good 2019 they cracked five billion dollars globally wow um good which is a yeah, which is a big deal i mean in yeah. 2001 they made their first two billion off of one doll so they're scooting but that lawsuit is for $1 billion. <sighs> and it is still open in the state of California to this day. They are still <laughs> fighting about it. They're still fighting about it. I haven't, I couldn't find anything else. And all throughout this, Bratz is like, starts to struggle. In 2010, they tried to do this comeback where they like, sort of rebranded. They had a new slogan because they've been getting a lot of bad PR because for better or for worse, Mattel is in pockets. Yeah. They can push, they can push a narrative. Mm -hmm. I have no nothing to say that Mattel's been like trying to edge Bratz out in like a real way, like telling stores not to declare their their uh, toys. But I mean, when you have like Barbie in the press suing somebody, 
the average consumer is going to like on on site just be like Barbie's probably right. Like right side with Barbie. Uh, yeah, because they grew up with Barbie, not with Bratz. Bratz is something new. Right. MGA is a company that's not very known. And I mean, let's be real, again, Bratz have seen a lot of racism, even though they are fake toy dolls. Lamanian is an Iranian immigrant. Like, it is not a stretch to say like it would hurt their sales that this went on for so long. And I mean, I looked high and low for like Bratz doll sales after their like explosion. And I can't find it, and it wouldn't shock me because they don't want to report on it because it's low. Yeah. I mean, Bratz was also so rooted in the era that they came out in. Exactly. I think even without all of, like, this negative press and, like, the up and the down, I I don't know if Bratz would have been able to make it through the whole 2000s. Because it sounds like they made it, like, pretty far into the 2000s as being, like, yeah. fairly successful. Like, the 2010s being fairly successful. But it's just... Until the nostalgia comes back around, which is what we're seeing right now, you know, a lot of lines that are rooted in time periods kind of just naturally fizzle out. You know, like Monster High is really, yeah. I would say, the doll line of the 2010s. Right. In 2013, they rebranded, they got a new logo again, they got new bodies that were meant to be more like the Monster High bodies, which are articulated. Yeah, that's the big draw for Monster High is that they actually, they're ball joint yeah. dolls. Exactly. Which are very high quality um so they're super poseable and they're super valued by mm -hmm. like doll collectors mm -hmm. because of how poseable and malleable and uh intricate exactly. they are 2014 when they opened up this last lawsuit they just talked about they sent brats on a hiatus right before like right be right mm -hmm. before the lawsuit started and then they tried relaunching although the lawsuits with mattel really had tanked their popularity is how loranian reports on it he says you can see the data I couldn't see the data, but he says he sees the data. And anytime a new lawsuit came out or a new big report or a new ABC story about the report or anything about the lawsuit, their sales would tank. Because again, people Jeez. people trust Mattel for better or for worse. Um, they've tried relaunching Bratch several times. They tried in 2013. It didn't work out too well. They tried in 2017, which is their third relaunch because they tried in 2014 as well. They're, they tried three different relaunches and they all did fine okay right. but i would say like lol surprise is like selling and like those those other lines that they have are selling a lot yes. more than brats was so it's like how much do you focus on the use keep mm -hmm. on do you stick like with how mattel is stuck with barbie even though like when barbie's doing poorly like or do you find something exactly new? and it feels like that is the struggle that um mg has because they do very well and they're seen as a company that's really good at like changing for the time I mm -hmm. went to their website and they have it's it's a little cringeworthy because they have a lot of AAVE in their FAQ and I'm like, babes, you don't need this, but okay. <laughs> but like again, like their big draw was originally brats and they were like cool and hip. So I understand they want to seem cool and hip as a company as they move forward and they've really been good at like they're like oh we'll lol surprise which is essentially like uh, I think it's nightmare fuel, but it it I it, I don't care it, for them. <laughs> it, it truly feels like. A VTuber come to life as a doll? Yeah, it does. That is an accurate <laughs> way to say it. And they sell well uh, because of that. It's horrifying. People like them. <laughs> People? Hey, listen. <laughs> if it makes kids happy, I'm happy for them too. Yeah, it's like, I can't, I don't care for them, but I can't really judge. I can't be the moms who are upset nope. at brats. I can't be that. I will never be that person. Nope, happy for them. <laughs> like, I don't put one near me. 
like the biggest thing Bratz has done recently was in 2023 they did a partnership with Kylie Jenner to like have her get a doll. Um, yes, I I don't care for Kylie Jenner. Also, the doll is way darker than Kylie Jenner. But they, hey, she yeah, I like, I know hey, she's Kylie. I know she's popular with the age market that Bratz was originally for. So I get it. Yeah, and I know Bratz also recently did like blind bags that were like not just Kylie but like other Kardashians as well. Uh. Um, they were like mini Bratz, so they found like some overlap there, which g- good. <laughs> yeah, listen, I get it. So what happened to Bratz? Essentially, what happened to Bratz is they were popular and they had a real mm-hmm. shot of dethroning Barbie, even if it was only going to be for a little bit, and they got smacked back down. Uh, Mattel Mattel turned around saw Bratz walking up Bratz said hey what the fuck are you doing and Mattel said oh okay and then they started fighting and even though legally MGA has come out on top that doesn't typically tend to matter in a court of public opinion if it's too late yeah it's just like MGA got like bounced up and down like a basketball yeah. for a whole decade <laughs> and I mean like again hundreds of millions of dollars for Mattel is whatever that award that was like yeah. 310 million dollars literally whatever like fine okay <laughs> um. i would honestly say by forcing mga to look outside of brats to find success like you know like mattel like yeah. kind of pushing trying to push them away from the brand i would say that mattel actually made mga a stronger company mm. because there's like a high chance that MJ would have just tried to stick to their one line, like one successful line, which was Bratz. Right. And Bratz would have just fizzled out because it was so rooted in the in the decade that it came out in. And then it just would have gone away on its own. But by yeah. bouncing MGA up and down like bouncing a basketball <laughs> for a, a, such a long time, they forced them to find other avenues in order to find profitability. And mm. in, L, in buying little tykes and in buying, like in creating an LOL surprise, which... Um, um, capitalized on the trend of like blind bags they created mm-hmm. their own worst enemy <laughs> and isaac Iranian to this day is very adamant like i found an interview from 2002 he's very adamant still that like mattel needs to be stopped he's like people don't know what they do to small companies who never get a shot and i get mm-hmm. i have no idea i am not him i don't have the evidence that him and his lawyer team claim to have but it wouldn't be the first time a big business did stuff to stay in power. I think it's good. that There's like more diversity in fashion mm-hmm. dolls these days. There's more brands of fashion dolls because like even MGA has like Rainbow High, which right. is their, their newer mm-hmm. line of fashion dolls. MGA, like if you look at their fashion dolls, they really do try to model them down from brat styles it feels like rainbow high dolls seem they look like they have like larger heads mm. do they have like let me look at a rainbow high doll a little closer they have bigger eyes too yeah they seem to have like larger heads do they have articulation like monster high dolls oh that i don't know because i've only seen them in boxes yeah i think they yeah they do they do they have ball joints like monster high dolls and I like that. They're, so they're more like posable. They're also just like they're they're curvier yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit, not in the same yeah, yeah, way yeah. that brats were. It's definitely more of like a natural kind of like curviness mm-hmm. to it. I, I really like them. I know these are very popular among like older collectors. So right. this seems to be like a, kind of a new market that's shown up in the wake of Monster High dolls being mm-hmm. having the ball joints and being like sought after by collectors. This is their response to that. It makes a lot of sense. You know, they had a really rough go with brats. They, mm-hmm. I feel like. They tried too much too fast because, like, they tried the TV series and the yep. web series. And they the, had a movie. They had a movie <laughs> that did very bad. And all of a sudden, they did talk bad. about all amounting to discontinuing in that 2009 phase when they were told, like, you don't own brats and 
the way production works, you got you stop sooner than like you like. It takes time to turn it off. So once they turned it off and then they turned it back on, then they did the re-release. But it all amounts to just like how diverse does a toy aisle look? And I went to a Target Ooh. prior to this recording to walk around, and it's really it was very exciting to see. I saw three things that were exciting. I saw Bratz apparel. Which I mm-hmm. haven't seen. I almost sent you a picture and I was like, wait, Brenda doesn't know. <laughs> Don't worry, I already do. <laughs> yeah, Br- Bratz had like, there was like two or three like sweaters in like the cool teen section. You know the section. Yes. I still shop there. <laughs> There's an aisle of Bratz. Of dolls? Yeah. Whoa! There was a, there was a, it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the whole thing, like how Barbie has a whole aisle, but there was an aisle and one side was Bratz. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> There's more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of neat. So you know, I uh, I wish the best for him. And if this if the last lawsuit in 2014 ever finishes, it's now almost <laughs> been a decade since it opened. I will I will report back on that. <laughs> I'm still looking at Rainbow High Dolls, and it looks like in 2022 they released like a Dia de los Muertos one, and she is gorgeous. Mm. She's beautiful. These are hey, so detailed. I don't. I don't think we'd have as diverse diverse of a lineup in dolls if it wasn't for Bratz. I don't think Barbie and Mattel yeah. was really thinking about that at all. They were like, "What if we just painted the white doll black?" <laughs> Guys, you can't did. do that. Guys, you can't do that. You, you gotta. Can't you do can't that. do that. You gotta try a little harder. <laughs> um, or like, I think like the Asian Barbie has like ever so slightly just smaller eyes not like actual <laughs> Asian, like you know like yeah, monolith yeah. just they are just smaller and it's like mm, no for its time Bratz was very important to a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of young kids and i uh look forward to seeing how that lawsuit turns out good luck Bratz. <laughs> good luck Bratz. that's all i have on the girls with a passion for fashion <laughs> Bratz. He, I don't. Is there so a Bratz song like a jingle? Like they, they have music. I didn't. I, I don't know. have any of the cue up here. But if we don't leave this, we'll put music in from some from like our commercials. Fine. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Bratz, with the passion for fashion. I love wearing my boots. They have real fur. You can touch the fur. Bratz. <laughs> I come with a dog. You like puppies. So do I. Puppy comes with a ball. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Asterion, and you can find more of her work at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was narrated by Greg Aronica, and you can find him at Cafe3G on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok. The show is edited every week by Brenda Snell. If you love this show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast content. This podcast is a proud part of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. See you for the next mystery, Mistorians. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.